Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Is the fourth and final message in the series, Fighting to Eliminate Fear. And I wanted to clarify a few things. One, one, one of those is that when I was talking about, when we talk about fear, eliminating fear, a couple of things I don't mean. One thing I don't mean is that there is no fear of God or Christian. Now, but I, I'm not, I haven't been talking about reverence. You understand that? I've been talking about phobia, fear. Phobio is the Greek word for it. That's what I've been talking about. I've been talking about being terrified, shaking at the knees, dread. That's what I've been talking about. And so uh, I've been saying that God does not want us to fear. I believe that the enemy, the devil, wants us to fear, but not God. Otherwise, he wouldn't be saying fear not all these times. So no one going to go before God and dread it, be terrified. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace for a time of need, didn't he? So we come confidently, not dread and terror. We don't come that way. So realize that the English word fear, if you were speaking Greek or in the Greek language, language it wouldn't be fear. It would be uh, a Greek word, and they are totally different. Reverence is totally different from phobia. But sometimes it can be the same exact word, but means something different. Okay? So I just wanted you to know that. So, yes, we're supposed to fear God. Without a doubt. But let's say we're supposed to reverence God. We're supposed to have a uh, deep respect for him. We're supposed to have a, the highest, highest honor for him. We're supposed to have reverential awe of him. That's reverence. Definition of reverence. Let's look at uh, a couple of verses, uh, a couple of books to do that. Let's look in Exodus chapter 20. Let's look when they went to, children of Israel went to Mount Sinai. And verse 18, Exodus 20, verse 18, it says, All the people perceived the thunder and the lightning, the flashes and the sound of the trumpets and, and the mountains smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, speak to us yourself, and we will listen. But let not God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. And that word in Hebrew is, means, in English, terrified. Do not be terrified of God. Okay? Don't be afraid of God. Yes, he's thundering. Yes, he's giving you, uh, you know, the, the words. Uh, but don't be terrified of God. For God has come in order to test you. And in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you may not sin. Now, that word means in order that the fear of him, that translate, look, me looking it up in, 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 the, in my biblical library books, it means to reverence him. He came, came in order to test you, in order that you will reverence him, and his, your reverence of him may remain with you so that you may not sin. Now, do we, do we understand how it's used? 
Now, another instance I want to bring to your attention is that sometimes I told you that people say that we need fear in order to not harm ourselves. Okay, well, now we have adrenaline in, in our physical makeup that God uh, put there so that sometimes when we get in a dangerous situation or a situation where it's, it's really terrifying, like if we were going camping and we were out in the campground and a bear came up. Well, that could be frightening to most of us. Uh, now, we will say God gave us a health of fear so that we won't hurt ourselves. So we'll run. Well, if you want to use that word fear, fine. But I choose not to use that word. I choose to use God gave us uh, instructions. He gave us, uh, you know, physical makeup. So they said it's adrenaline. It causes your heart to beat fast. You know, you know what I'm talking about when a dog, something jump out of there. You know, your heart starts beating fast. You might start perspiring, you know. Um, you might faint. I don't know. Uh, but one thing about it is that that they call it the either fight or flight type of situation. Well, if the bear came out at us, which would you do? Would you fight or would you run? Well, you know, I was talking to a person who goes camping and things like that, and they were taught, just like we were taught, not to put your hand on, on a, not to walk across the expressway, you know, with our eyes closed, you know, and things, things, you know, we've been taught things like that. Uh, and, and, and if we didn't have any, what they said, fear, we might do that. Uh, but I'll say if, if we don't have any common sense, we might do that. Uh, so you got to have some wisdom in this thing. But they told me about a bear. You don't run. Where are you going to run to get away from this bear? He said, I'm going to run and climb a tree. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. <laughs> you just get, you'll be eating up in the tree. That's all. Uh, so we have to have some wisdom in this thing also. You understand what I'm saying? But if you choose to use fear in that situation or health of fear, that's, that's on you. But I'm saying that I choose to use different things because uh, I'm fearful of heights. Uh, so I want to now say, well, you know, God doesn't want me fearing heights. He wants me to have some intelligence. He wants me to uh, get somebody else to go up on this ladder. <laughs> That's what he wants me to do. You know? uh, but I did go up on a high ladder uh, one time because I saw teenagers doing it. And, and, and they were paying my, my, uh, my house. And I said, well, man, if they can do this thing, I can do this thing. Uh, but how many of you know you got to have some wisdom? See, it was on a hill. And you put this lean-to ladder on this, on this slant. And you get up there, and you go vroom, right on down. So, so it, it's important to, to use wisdom. Uh, and I choose that rather than fear. But there is an instance in the Scripture that fear is in there, speaking of the Lord. Now, turn to Matthew chapter 10. Let's look there. And as I look that up, in one commentary said it's, it's reverence, one commentary said it's actually fear. Uh, but in the context, it looks like it's fear. Verse 28. Let's look at it. Uh, it, it's talk, he's talking about his disciples. He's sending them out. And he's telling them what to do. Then he says that, Do not fear those who kill the body, 
but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Okay. Now that's, that's a verse that puts both of them there together with, with God. But now, let, let me explain. Most of the time when it's speaking of God and it's speaking of fear, most of the time is reverence. The word means reverence. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's never used for actually fearing, shaking at the knees. We're just talking about God's people now. Because here's an instance. He's talking to his disciples, and he's telling them that fear the one who uh, can kill the body and uh, send the soul to hell. So, so I wanted, wanted you to see all the different things uh, as I'm ending up my messages on this topic. And if I were in a, a small a group out there, are there any questions? But you might have some, so I'm not going to ask that. So, <laughs> so let's, let's go to today's part of the message. Today, how do you eliminate fear from your life? If, if God says, fear not, and he, he, he says that, you know, uh, uh, perfect love casts out fear, How are we going to do this thing? I'm going to give you three ways today, but there are others, but I'm not going to give you all of them. I'm just going to give you three today. I'm not coming back to it next week, uh, but I'm giving you three today. The first thing is that if we are going to eliminate fear from our lives and try, and try to really have faith in God, realize that we, 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 we are, we are getting rid of something in order to achieve the purposes of God. Because I don't think the, the, the disciples pleased God when he told them to go to the other side, and they, and he was asleep, and then they uh, woke him up, and he says, oh, you're a little faith. I don't think he was pleased with them because he told them to go to the other side. There was danger because, I mean, the water was there, I mean, they, they was fishermen. They were fishermen, uh, some of them, so they knew when danger was there. Uh, but he expected them to do something, and fear was not in there. So how do I eradicate fear from my life? How do I get rid of fear from my life? Well, let's give you the first thing. The first thing is that what I need to do is to realize that I need to know God. I need to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I need to know God, and I need to know who I am in God. I need to know those two things. Because if I don't know God, then the enemy will, 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 will send me thoughts. The enemy will try to tell me things that's really not true about God. So we need to know God. Who are we in God and, who, and how do we know God? Well, let's, let's, uh, I'm, I'm going to read you a couple of things. Uh, you can you can turn to it if you want to. You don't have to. I'm, I'm going to uh, Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going there, uh, but you don't have to. You don't have to go there because I'm gonna be skipping a lot of verses in there and just telling you what God says about Himself mostly. So Isaiah chapter 43, verse one says. But now, thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, talking about Israel, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord God, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, cushion Seba in your place, since you are precious in my sight, since you are 
honored and I love you. I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring you your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. Now, this is, this is God talking about himself. So now, through Isaiah. Now, that's encouraging to know because the enemy will tell you God doesn't love you. He's not going to be with you in this trouble you're going through. But see, God is with you. He's with you. Just as he told Israel, I'm, 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 I'm going to bring your offspring from the north. He said, I'll speak to the north and say, give up and keep not back the sons and your sons and daughters. He speaks to the west, he speaks to the east, he speaks to the uh, south. Now, I will use that to do the same thing to uh, teach people how to fight for their children. Just as he bring Israel back, he can bring your children back to the Lord. He can bring them. Even if they haven't been with him, he can get them there. Because God is good and he loves you. Now, we're talking, not talking about Israel, the most obedient people. We're talking about a rebellious people. But God says, this is what I'm going to do because I love you. Verse 10 says, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen in order that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there is there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I don't care what anybody says. There is only one God, and he is eternal. There is none before him. There will be none after him because there, is, there was no beginning, and there is no end. God is eternal. See, we're learning about God through reading the scriptures. He said, I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. So who are we going to call for our salvation or who are we going to call to deliver us from whatever the situation we, we are at? Because as we read the scriptures in the Old Testament, the, 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 the Lord will send his prophet and get on the king for going to help for help with some other king. Because this king said, well, man, this king is coming against me. I'm going to go over here to this, this other king who has a larger uh, army than, than, than I have or this one that's coming against me, and I'm going to ask him to help me. God gets on him through the prophet. So is there no God in Israel? Right? Christians have a God. We have a God. And he's Jehovah. He is the only God. There is no Savior. There is no deliverer, deliverer besides God. None. He says, even, verse 13, even from eternity, I am he. There is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? My goodness gracious. You have to know, we have to know who God is. Verse 21, the people whom I form for myself will declare my praise. So we're going to declare his praise. We're not going to get rid of praise in this church. Because when we come together, we're going to praise because he says that his people are going to declare his praise. We ain't going to get too busy if we can't praise. That's for sure. Verse 25. I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. Not because we're so good, we did this, we did that, for his own sake. And I will not remember your sins. My goodness gracious, the enemy tell you, hey, you, you, know, you, know, you, you know what you've been doing? You know what you've been doing. You can forget it. Don't need to pray. Your prayer is not going any higher than this roof in this house. So you can forget it. So, because God is not pleased with you because you have been sinning. Well, this is a scripture that says that 
He will wipe out your transgressions. And that's what we're receiving today, communion, because the blood of Jesus washes, doesn't it? Wash the sin away. It's not a one-time wash. It's not a one-time cleanse. We can, we, we can be cleansed. We can confess our sins. He's faithful just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a God we serve. But see, you've got to know your God. Because if you don't know your God, then the enemy can put fear on you. Put fear on you. Chapter 44, verse 1, it says, But now listen, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Verse 2, Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Who will help you. God is going to help us. He's going to help us. He's formed us. From the wound, he's formed us. He cares about us. Verse 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. There is no God besides me. (laughs) Verse 8. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Or is there any other rock? No, I know not one. I know none. This is God talking. My goodness gracious. That's the Lord. This is good. Verse 24. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer. And the one who forms you from the womb. I said, yes, yes, yes. Uh, chapter 45, verse 5, 6, and 7. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. That men may know from the rising of the, of the sun to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord. And there is no other. The one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. In other words, God can do whatever he wants to do. Would you agree with me? God is good, isn't he? He's good. He's good. Just tell him he's good. Tell him he's good. (coughs) Come on, tell him he's good now. I know you want to wait till after we receive communion and then say it. It's good to say it now, right? He might come back before communion. <laughs> now, 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 who are we in Christ? Who are we in Christ? Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Let's turn there. If you have a turner, you can turn there. If you don't, it'll be... Right there on the screen. Now, it's uh, very interesting because when you don't know who you are in Christ, the enemy can fool you. We can get afraid. But we're going to eradicate fear from our lives. God loves us. It says in verse 3 of Colossians chapter 3, For you have died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. In other words, when Christ died on the cross and our stead, we died figurative with him. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, the scripture says. Our life is hid with Christ in God. That's where our life is. That's who we are. We are in Christ. So therefore, when somebody see you, they see Christ. Because your life is here with Christ. In God. 
So when the enemy try to come get you, he is foolish. How is he going to get you in your life as he is in Christ and with God, the creator of all things, the savior? No one can pluck you out of his hands. No one. You have to know that. You have to know, like it says in Romans chapter 8, uh, 14, 15, 16, like that. It says, basically that if we be children of God, we are heirs. Heirs. Your children are supposed to be your heirs. In other words, when you fill out your assurance policy, they say, who's, who's, who are you going to put down as a beneficiary? Who, who, who you, if you die, what's going to happen? You put your children down, I hope. I hope if you got children, you don't, you don't will it to somebody else. You're going to will it to your children, right? They're your heirs. Then it says, because we're children of God, aren't we? We're heirs of God then. Heirs of God. What do you own? You, know, you, own, you own something. You own something. You own something. You got some clothes on you. You, got, you own something. Everything you got, you can will to your children. Right? Not only did it say that we are heirs of God, we're beneficiaries, we're heirs of God. It says that we are joint heirs of Christ Jesus. I said, oh my goodness gracious. Now you know, you know, all that belongs to God belongs to Jesus. You know that. Well, it tells me that all belongs to Jesus belongs to us also. We are joint heirs because we are heirs of God. He's an heir of God. We are joint heirs because our life is here with Christ anyway, isn't it? So all that he is, is ours. But now it goes the other way also. All that's ours is his. Because we gave our life to him. Not only our life, everything we own belongs to him. Because we were bought, bought not with uh, precious things as like silver and gold and things like that, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We were, we were purchased. I said, oh, yes, God. Yes, God. I'm off my notes, but it's okay. Now, I'm going to tell you, don't let the enemy fool you about who you are in Christ. Jesus knew who he was. The enemy couldn't do anything because he knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. He knew his father loved him. And he always did that which pleases the father. And when he was about to go to the cross, he said, you know, I'm going so that the whole world would know that I love my father. Isn't that something? How do do we know he loved the father? Because it says in the word that if you keep my commandments, I will love you. My father will love you. We'll come make our bowl with you. It says in, in, in the Bible. So, he says, if you don't keep my commandments, you don't love me. But he who loves me will keep my commandments. So, he loves the father, so he keeps his commandments. So, the, command, the commandment for the father was, he, he sent Jesus here to do a work. He did it. And when he was about, about ready to finish this thing up, he wasn't about to, to renege on it because that's why he was sent. Oh, my goodness. We are precious in God's sight. We're precious in God's sight. We don't need to fear anything because God is with us. Do you think, really, 
Now think about it. What fears did Jesus have? Think about it. We we got we we got a, got got a, got a lot of New Testament right here. Speaking of Jesus, uh, the, we, we got four gospels. We got we got also the the disciples telling us the apostles telling us about him. But tell him, what do you think he was afraid of? He slept outdoors a lot of time, didn't he? He stepped outdoors. He said he had nowhere to lay his head. Step outdoors. Lost time. Man. Do you realize that a bug could have crawled on him? Do you realize that a snake could have got him? Do you realize that? Really? I mean, we're talking about outside. Hot weather. Snakes out. How many of you are afraid of snakes? So I don't have no fear. I have Jesus. All right. Woo-hoo. Y'all got it. Y'all got this message. Y'all got this message. Yeah. Should we be afraid of snakes? Do you think Jesus was afraid of snakes? Why do you think he wasn't afraid of snakes? Do you know that he, he gave man dominion over everything that crawls? All the creatures. He gave man dominion in Genesis, didn't he? Before he sinned. Do you think that Jesus couldn't command a bird to go where he wanted him to go? A fish to go where he wanted him to go? He could he command to do what he wanted to do, could he? Yeah. And who going who going what animal is gonna gonna come and mess with Jesus and he sleep? Nothing. No bear gonna come up there. No, no, uh-uh. not with Jesus. Not with Jesus. Not with Jesus. He shouldn't do it with us either. He shouldn't do it with us. Bear come around. Get back. Get back. I have dominion over you in the name of Jesus. Right? Use Jesus' name now. Don't say I said so. Sam said so. I take his class. He said, get back. No, uh-uh. No, no. In the name of Jesus. He said, whatever you ask him, my name, I'll do it. That's what it said in John. That's number one. <laughs> number two. Now, number one was, we got to know God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We have to, we have to know who we are in relationship to them. So that means we got to know the Word, don't we? Right? You can't know him without knowing the word. Okay, now, number two. You have to know how to fight spiritually. You got to know how to fight spiritually. We're in a spiritual world, really. We're in a natural world, yes. But the spiritual world overrules the natural world. And we're in a spiritual world, and therefore, we need to know how to fight Spiritually, you're not going to fight fear uh, with sticks and stones. You can't see it. Can't see it. It's a spiritual battle. So if we're going to fight, how do we fight spiritually? Let's go to Second Corinthians. Let's go down. And in Second Corinthians, chapter ten. Let's go there. Uh, let's start in verse 1. Now, I, Paul, myself urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am meek, when face to face with you, but bold towards you when absent. And now, he, he's speaking because of things that people are saying about him. I ask that when I am present, I need not be bold with the confidence with which I propose to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. And this is what I want to start in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, though we are in the flesh, we're in the natural world, though we are living in this flesh, 
We do not war according to this natural fleshly walk. Our natural existence here today, we don't war according to our natural existence. We war a spiritual warfare. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. Divinely now powerful for the destruction of fortresses, strongholds, in other words. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now what that is saying to us is that now we 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 in a natural world, but that's not our warfare, because you remember, uh, we don't war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, doctors, or spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. In uh, you know Ephesians uh, chapter six, we know that. But let me tell you, our warfare is divine weaponry. Divine weaponry. That's our warfare. Do you know love is a weapon? Oh, it's a weapon. It's a weapon. Do you know truth is a weapon? The word of God is a weapon. In other words, according to Romans 6, it tells us to stand against the force of evil and having done all to stand, having our lawns girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, our feet shall the preparation of God's feet. All these things is telling us about the 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 armor in, in, in chapter six, verse ten through eighteen. All, all this stuff, they are spiritual warfare weapons. They're not nat- natural. It didn't say, you know, put on your helmet, you know, uh, that you bought from Sears. No, you're gonna put on, <laughs> you know, your helmet that's not really your helmet. Is something else, right? Having a shield, not a shield of steel, but a shield of what? Faith. Shield of faith. If we don't realize this now, if we don't realize this, you can't fight a good warfare against the Satan because Satan is not in the natural. He's in the spirit realm. And he's going to fight spiritually. So he's going to send thoughts. Realize that every thought you get is not from God. Okay? It's not from God. Every thought you get is not from Satan either. So you got to discern where these thoughts are from. So how do you discern it? With the Word of God. You have to know the Word of God, and the Word of God becomes a, a what uh, my, my mother used to have is like a sifter. When we used to have flour that have lumps in it, you put a flour in a sifter, and you turn the little thing, and all the little thin flour goes through, and the lumps get caught. The ladies know what I'm talking about. And the older folks know what I'm talking about. You just buy now full X flour, you don't have to worry about no sifter. You know. But now every thought that comes in this mind, your mind, my mind, it has to pass through the sifter of this word. Bring every thought it said captive. It doesn't say Bring some thoughts captive, did it? Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Who's Christ? The Word of God. Bring every thought captive to the Word. That's how you can tell. 
whether it's from God, whether it's from you, whether it's from whatever, the enemy, you can tell because of the word of God. So we fight. Number three. Now, number one, we've got to know God. We've got to know who we are in Christ and in the relationship with him. Number two, we have to fight spiritually. Number three, we have to fight spiritually with the word of God. We have to fight spiritually with the word of God. Now, number two is we have to fight spiritually. Number three, we got to fight spiritually with the word of God. Now, I was going to also add to that, which is on my paper, uh, is that not only do you fight with the word of God, but you got to fight what God said to you. Because sometimes God tells you something that's not really in the word. He just quickened it to you. He just, you know, told you. He just told you. God ever done that to you sometime? Just told you something. Now, I'm not going to cover that because I want to cover that in another message sometime of hearing God's voice because sometimes uh, we have problems because we think that God said and God didn't say because we don't know how God speaks because we don't know all the words. And so... Uh, and we don't know how to pass things by things because everything not in the Word. You know, where you go shopping is not in the Word. Go to Kroger's. It's not in the Word. You can go to Food Line. I don't care where you go. It's not, it's not in the Word. Okay, so, so some things you're going to have to pass, pass by other things. And, and we'll go through that some, some other time, hearing God's voice, uh, which you've been taking classes on. Some of you have been taking classes for a long time on hearing the voice of God. Uh, but, but I'm not going to cover that because a prophetic word also, uh, sometimes you can fight with a prophetic word because God will give you a prophetic word and you know it's from God. I mean, it's been, it's been proven that's from God. You know, been confirmed. Hey, that's, that's, that's God. You can fight with that. You can fight with that. Because if God said it, he said it, didn't he? But you gotta, you gotta, you know, test the spirit. You gotta try all things, you know. Because sometimes, we, we, I mean, we, we prophesy in part. So just because somebody prophesied, well, I may I have so many prophecies, man. And some of them, most of them is on the shelf somewhere. No, I kicked them off the shelf, threw them in the trash can. Because, you know, they, they're not, they're not they're, they're witness with me. They're witness with me. Nope. Not going to receive that. So I'm not going to cover that. Okay. Fighting with the word. Let's, let's give you an example of fighting in the word. Let's turn to Matthew Chapter 4, verse 1. We'll end there. Uh, Matthew is a good chapter. And this is when Jesus went into the, was driven to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And he was fasting. He fasted 40 days, 40 nights. Then he got hungry. And then the enemy came. The tempter, it says in verse 3, came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Well, see, if a thought come to your mind to tell you to do something, you know, hey, this person shouldn't have said this. Won't you tell them that, uh, just go tell them, just go tell them, hey, what you said? What you said, don't ever say that again to me because I don't like what you said. I only like the way you said it. If you get a thought like that, then you better submit that to the word and to God because God doesn't talk to people like that. He doesn't talk to people like that. No. And don't call people Pharisees and say, well, he's... He, he, he told the Pharisees, and he did a lot of things to the Pharisees. Uh, we don't have no Pharisees. Do we have Pharisees? John, are you a Pharisee? He said, John, not a Pharisee. Say, I'm not a Pharisee. You know. And I, I can't hardly see, so I know I'm not a Pharisee. So, 
So you're supposed to say, ah, oh, that was a good one. Okay. <laughs> now, how did he fight? Here's an example now of using the word to fight. How did Jesus fight? Oh, shucks. Uh, Satan, you're a tittle man. I'm not going to do that because they ended up stone too big. I couldn't eat it all if I did. Did you say that? Did you say that? No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. So, was he fighting with? The Word of God. He says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Oh. Okay. You're a word person, huh? Okay. So, the, the, the enemy, he'll use the word too, won't he? Throw yourself down off of this pinnacle of the temple. Because you know God said he'll command his angels to charge over you. He, he, he'll, 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 he'll catch you before you fall, man. That's the word, Jesus. That's the word. You're a word person. See, you got to know how, to, how this word is used in a proper context. So, what did Jesus say? On the other hand, yeah, it says that, but on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So, I'm not jumping just to test the Lord to see what he's going to catch me. Uh-uh, not doing that. Because the word of God tells me, don't do that. You see how we use the word? He used the word. Now, let me ask you. How do you use the word to fight fear? Uh, you should have a bulletin. Uh, turn over to the back of your bulletin. And on the back of your bulletin, I'll put some scriptures. If you, had, if you don't have a bulletin, it's okay. Okay, um, these scriptures, you can use these scriptures, you know, like, oh, somebody might threaten you or whatever the situation is. We've got some crazy people as well, road rage, you know. We've got some weird people. But if a thought come to you, oh, you better be afraid of him because Man, he's, he's, he's mean. Well, the fear of man brings a snare, doesn't it? But if I put my trust in the Lord, whoever puts their trust in the Lord going to be safe. That's the word, isn't it? It is written. So, therefore, this thought that came is not from God. So, I'm going to quote the word. There's a lot of word on that paper dealing with fear. Okay? Perfect love casts out fear. Whatever you want to know. Uh, but you have to memorize it. Because you're not going to be carrying that bulletin around with you from now on. You see? And you're surely not going to carry the Bible around with you. Now, I know you have it on your electronic device, but now you say, well, I got it with me. Yeah, but how are you going to find that scripture? Because, number one, most, most of us uh, don't know references. You know what I'm saying? We say, well, where is that at? I know it's somewhere in that it says, uh, if we feel the fear of man brings a snare, but where is it? New Testament, Old Testament? Oh, you're young. You are, you know, uh, what you call these things? Uh, tech, you're a tech, techo or whatever you are. Okay, you, you technologist, brother. You say, I'll Google it. I'll Google it. Because I know part of the scripture, and that's what, that's what I do. I don't use the course anymore. I just Google it. I Google it, boy. I, I, my, my daughter made me uh, not a techo. I'm just a T. Because I don't know much. <laughs> I don't know much at all. I know how to email. Well, get email. I don't know much. But I know how to look up something. But by the time I look up this stuff, and by the time I find it, I still don't have it memorized. I got to read this thing. Well, see, Jesus didn't do that. When he says, if you 
But the Son of God turned his bread. It is written. It is written. He didn't say, let me go get the stroll. I'll read it to you. No, it is written. We have to memorize the word of God. Things that we have problems with. If you have problems, some of you might not have any problems with fear. That's okay. You might have problems in the, in the financial realm. You, you, you know, uh, the enemy is always at you about what you're not going to have, that you're going to go, you're not going to have any money. You're going to get old and you're not going to have any money. You're going to have a state of salvation army because you're not going to have a house. You're not going to have nothing. You can't live because you don't have any retirement. Well, what does God say? See, God tells me if I give to the poor, you shall not lack. And, and, and that's why we have these things out here but with the uh, giving to, you know, that hasn't stopped either. You think it might be. It hasn't stopped, you know, like uh, rescue life, uh, water for life. And then we give to the, we gave to the, uh, uh, to the daily bread. We'll give to the Salvation Army. We'll give to people because I want your money going to the poor because I want you to be able to use that scripture to say, I give to the poor. I'm not going to lack. You might be on a fixed income. You might lose your job. It doesn't matter. God says that he'll be with you through the fire. That's what he said. He'll be with you through the river. He, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll, I'll forsake you even to the end. All these scriptures you got to have here so you can fight with the word of God. That's what you got to fight with. The word of God. So you got to have it memorized. And you got to say it with some conviction. That's called confession. Jesus confessed the word, but he said it with conviction. He meant it. But if you don't know it, you'll say, um, oh, let's see. Oh, it's somewhere what it said. I know it's somewhere. Uh-uh. The devil know that, that you don't know nothing. But see, when you come with conviction, and you come with a couple of scriptures on, on this thing. Whew, my goodness gracious. Yeah. My goodness gracious. You'll whip them up and down, up and side, up, up, up and down the road. That's a, it's a spiritual whipping you can give the enemy. Because he's trying to give you a spiritual one. Okay? That's how you fight with the word of God. Because that's how Jesus fought. Okay? Number one was... Know God and know your relationship with him, who you are in Christ. Number two, you got to fight spiritually. And then number three, well, you have to fight spiritually with the word. Okay? Okay. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.